so your spiritual dryness would manifest itself differently mm-hmm. if you're saying it out loud. Now, right. people might look at you funny if you're doing that on the bus. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, Robert. Great. Golfing's been good. The weather this week has been great. The Blue Jays didn't do so well. They're out of the playoffs already. Two up, two down. Very disappointing there, Robert. Who are the Blue Jays? A lot of people are asking that question today. Who are the Blue Jays? Who are the Blue Jays? Not that I can really poke fun because my team being the Toronto FC, it's like... Toronto FC, yes, but they got a new coach, Toronto FC. So come April, come March, next March, there'll be a different team. That's the song of the Toronto sports fan. I know. Just wait till till next year. Wait till the Leafs, Robert. This is the year of the Leafs for sure. I've been hearing that my whole entire life, and it hasn't Mine been too. there yet, right? And I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> yeah, stop sending those uh, emails of uh, the Ministry for Maturing Adults. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Actually, I did open it up and look it up, and it is if there's three different stages there. So that's something I might have to look into. So oh, you'll be coming. You're stage one. Yeah, you'll have to be coming with me too because it's 50 to, what was it? So are you getting your seniors discount yet there, buddy? I think I am at one of the local uh, pharmacies. It's 55 plus. So, yeah. Oh, I thought you, you were going to say you were getting the seniors discount at your local. You you could get it too. They, don't, they wouldn't ask for ID. Believe me, you'd, you'd pass. There wouldn't be a problem. There. Oh, I believe you because you've probably already asked for it. Speaking of, uh, no, I haven't actually. I think you just go on the day, like the Tuesdays when the discount happens. What it's else? Were Thursday, you talking actually, about? but uh, I wouldn't know that. Um, but no, I was, was going to say it, it has well. been a beautiful week. Yeah, like yes, we, beautiful. it's the best week of the summer and it's October. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, thanks be to God. This the first week of October, the most beautiful first week of October that I can remember. High 20s, which would be what, high 70s, early 80s in Fahrenheit, I suppose. Beautiful day. We golfed on Monday. You had a lovely birdie. Yeah, we had an excellent day out there. Um, was striking the ball well. And yeah. We're only being out four times in a year to actually get a birdie on one of the holes. We're not going to talk about yeah. the other holes, but no, we'll talk about bad. hole number hole number eight. Eight was a birdie, a birdie, birdie and par for moi. Yeah, so I actually beat you on one of the holes. You did, and John Mark was striping the ball too. So it was he was I think it was par maybe one under. Oh, he's not? out there. He's out there every day, and it's his yeah. home course, right? That's so. his home course. He works there too. So good for him. And baseball. I wanted to get back to baseball. The Caps. So uh, I love yeah. the. Uh, you put out the picture of Keith. I'm telling you now of all the pictures you photos of you put out of people. He certainly had the biggest and brightest smile of any any of our guests. I, I should I ask him if today. I can put that on social media. Like I, yes. I know I sent you the picture. I should you ask did. him if we can put that. That's out a on great social great media. photo. It is. But we're liking the Caps, and we're going to get more for season four. But do you think we should change the color? I love the script that your uh, sister designed. Yeah, I really I love the script and the kind of the logo. I just think it looks a little. Sometimes it fades, or is it me? We should ask our guests who have. It's your eyesight that's fading. I think so. I have to put my glasses on. 
They look like your denim jeans from the 80s, some of those caps. when they're No, my denim jeans from the 80s were acid wash, buddy. Acid wash. Oh, acid wash jeans. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'm I'm kind of keen on the, the color change. Um, we should maybe get a mock-up done. I was thinking yes. get like a black text. You keep the white ampersand, mm-hmm. but then do it over a charcoal gray. Mm. I black think that over charcoal good. gray? Is that a little too... How about well, you keep the red over charcoal gray? I think that's even nice. Keep the red in white ampersand. We'll have to get the, some mock-ups done. Yeah, Maybe we can put mock-ups. them out there and we can ask the listeners out now, there in social media yeah. land what they think. And we're going to put a Catholic podcast at the back, something to identify it, because I think sometimes people see these caps and think, what the heck is that? And then, but you said it might it cost more money. That's okay. You're rich. You're retired now. Oh, so you're the one that's still making a salary. So down there you go. You can cover that one. <laughs> well, you're still making a salary. Not as much as you were when you were teaching, but you do have a second second job, a retired job. A retiree job. We could retiree say that. Job. It's it's a second career. Second we'll, career. We'll, yeah, we'll it's not really it a retiree job. It's a full-on, full-time job, correct? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, buddy, all of this jibber-jabber, my throat was dry to begin yeah, with. Now it's even drink. drier. So okay. what are you drinking here today? I've got a Haberdasher Hefeweizen. Oh, Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Okay. So a white wheat beer. Right. Where, do, where does that one come from? Muddy York. Do you know where Muddy York might be located? I think it's like it? just north of Toronto. I've heard it's, of it. It's in Toronto. That was the name, former nickname of Toronto, right back in the day when before paving and stuff wet, snowy in the 1830s before they adopted the nickname. So right about the time you were a teenager. Yes. And it was muddy. So it was the Muddy York and it is the Muddy York Brewery. I'm a big wheat beer fan. You know that. So knowing that you're a big wheat beer fan and that's Mm -hmm. what you're having and knowing German style wheat beer. The the, the beautiful, knowing the beautiful, hot, sunny summer weather that we have Mm. and knowing what I like to drink when it's that kind of weather. Yes. Can you guess what style of beer I've got on the go tonight? It's not a Dunkel kind of day. It's an IPA kind of day. Exactly. Yep. It's an IPA kind of day. So I've got a Method IPA from the Tide and Boar Brewery out in Moncton. And so Moncton, this wow. is a, a holdover. For your beers. Yeah. A holdover from our summer trip out east. Right, um, but a nice citrusy and hazy IPA. You can actually see the dregs coming out of the bottom of the can. Beautiful. That's even cloudier than my wheat beer. My wheat yeah, beer's not cloudy. Yours at all. is nice and crisp and yellow. So, whose um, turn is it to say grace before beers, there, sir? You're asking me what we did two weeks ago. You know, my memory doesn't. Uh, you know, I think I was the one who said grace. So why don't you I thought go ahead? I did with Keith? Did I? Money, I can't remember breakfast. No, either can I. Okay. You want, you want to do rock, yep. paper, scissors for this? No, or are I'm you good. just going to go? I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Robert. Mm. I knew there was a reason I liked wheat beer. Oh, that's good. 
How's your IPA? It's got a nice sour bite to it. Like sucking on lemons or oranges or something like that, or a mixture. Exactly. You so know what? No, I don't mind the nice. IPA. I, I've had a couple since I, I trashed them a few seasons ago. I, I can drink them. They wouldn't be my first go-to, but certainly they've taken the craft beer market by storm in the last couple of years, haven't they, Robert? Oh, for sure. Now, this one's almost out of my range as far as the sourness goes. But it is, it is quite nice. And I think if it was a nice hot summer evening, as opposed to a borderline fall evening in my basement, I'd really enjoy this. I I am still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It is a nice, sour beer. So if, if that's the style you're looking for, and it has a nice full flavor, I would say, yeah, pick up. the And you're down IPA. in the, the Atlantic provinces in New Brunswick? You'll be sure to find it there in Moncton. So what do we have on the agenda tonight, sir? So Dennis, we've been talking about, between the two of us for a few months now, about broaching a subject. I'm not going to say it's a difficult subject, but I think it's a subject that people shy away from in their spirituality. It's not something that we talk a whole lot about when we're talking with other Catholics. And that's the subject of spiritual dryness, right? That feeling that in our prayer life, that God isn't there, that it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what we seem to be doing in our prayer life. There's just no spiritual consolation. Right, right. And I think that's just something that people don't like to fess up to. People don't like Mm -hmm. to admit that their prayer life seems to be empty. Or maybe they just don't know who to talk to it about or how to broach the subject with people. I mean, wasn't didn't Mother Teresa, we found out after she passed away, St. Mother Teresa, that she had spiritual dryness as well. I think all the great saints have had some sort of spiritual dryness throughout their, you know, during you know during parts of their lives, as yep. most Catholics would. Yep. Like no, you say, I, it can't all be consolation, Robert, right? Yeah, and when you talk about St. Teresa of Calcutta and her spiritual mm-hmm. dryness, uh, I believe it was 35 years that she went through spiritual dryness where, yeah, for most of us, it's definitely that long. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said most of us don't have someone that we can talk to about this Mm -hmm. or we don't have someone we feel comfortable speaking to about this. Uh, Yeah, it's not something we normally talk about. But it's great when you do have that spiritual fellowship. Mm-hmm. And it is something that I, I feel comfortable talking about, but with very, very select few people. Select few. Do you now you had that men's group up in the port? Do you do you broach the subject at all with would you talk about that in your groups? I know you had that a little while ago. Not not necessarily within the group itself. Again, there might be one or mm-hmm. two guys mm-hmm. in the group that right. I might, if we were just the two of us out having a beer. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, yourself. I have no no issues right. talking about things mm-hmm. with the faith and my wife. Right. Like, right. And I've been thinking few. with homilies too, Robert. I don't know if I've heard it in many homilies, and I think that's something that probably should be talked a lot, lot about a lot more, just because most Catholics suffer, most Christians suffer from spiritual dryness would you not agree i would completely agree with that and i think a lot of people suffer in silence because when you look to 
those spiritual mentors, those spiritual mm-hmm. leaders, whether it's your pastor or it's a friend from a faith and fellowship group, mm-hmm. right? Or someone you work with and you see them have a daily prayer life. So when you know of someone who prays the rosary daily, mm-hmm. or you know of someone who is able to spend a little bit of time, say, in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament daily, right. the assumption automatically is that they must be getting great spiritual mm-hmm. consolation mm-hmm. each and every day from that. They're firing on all cylinders, absolutely. Right. That there's never any sort of, yeah, lull or anxiety or dryness or anything. And I would say that those are maybe the people who have the most spiritual dryness. So what gets them through it? I know you were looking at, and you had directed me to our good friend, Thomas A. Kempis, correct? And the imitation of Christ. And um, something that came up for me, and you could probably speak to this as well, is perseverance. Just that was exactly of, what I was going to okay, say. Just to keep keep going. Is We've that, been hanging out one? way too long because you so. literally just took the word out yeah. from between my yeah. ears. That's the one thing that jumped out when you we had, you had sent me one passage and I sent you one and just perseverance and humility, getting through it, you know, not taking the consolation too much, you know, too grand. Look at me. I've got a great prayerful, prayerful life because there's going to be a lull, right? So perseverance in the in the I'm glad you said didn't I'm I'm glad you didn't say look at me I've got a great head of hair. Yes. But like that's just a whole other topic. Oh lord, I know. But no, exactly those two things combined perseverance and humility. And perseverance like anything that is worthwhile in life mm-hmm. we need to persevere with. And always with that what jumps to mind to me is the the notion of, of athleticism, whether it's going to the gym and pumping iron or being a marathon runner or trying to be at the, the top of your sport is you need to persevere through the training and you don't always have the glory of the championship. That's right. And you don't stop and take a rest for a couple months if you want to get to that pinnacle, right? Exactly. So we can make that kind of correlation. Connection. Yep. Yep. And, then and maybe something like a and and maybe something like routine as well, Robert. I know you mm. you put me on to that too because I found sometimes with prayer, if, if I wasn't didn't have a set time, and I know set time for prayer is important. So now it becomes the morning for me when I first get up when there's quiet, there's nothing else going on. That seemed to certainly help a little bit. Routine is huge. Routine mm-hmm. is huge to again persevering with your prayer life, right? Because if you don't have that routine. Right. It's just so easy to let it slide and to get distracted with the million things going on in one's life, which we all have a ton of things going on. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you were talking about Thomas Akempis, and we looked at two different spots in his imitation of Christ. Mm-hmm. I had come up with one and you sent a, another one. Mm-hmm. Really, both of them kind of say the same thing. But say the same thing. Right. But some, some great lines in there. Uh, with regards to both perseverance mm-hmm. and humility. We're not going to read the the whole chapters. Uh, the first one, the one that you put me on to, right. was in Book 3, Chapter 7. Right. So, yeah, it came up as, right, so Chapter 44, but Book 3, Chapter 7. Yeah. Oh, was so, that the one you put me on to? Or did no, you Chapter 7, that was the one you put me on to. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, and when it comes down to perseverance... Uh, it talks about uh, how there are many people who, when 
things do not succeed well for them, become impatient and slothful. And so when they're not receiving that spiritual spiritual consolation, when they're not on that spiritual high, they don't persevere. They let it slide. They yeah, become they slothful. Yeah. We, we live in a society of instant gratification. Right, we do. When you think about our cell phones and social media, and so when we don't have that gratification right away, we become very impatient and move on to the next thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We see it all around us, right? Correct. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right. But Thomas Akempis reminds us further on in that chapter seven, where he talks about, you know, remember that the light may return again, which is from God's instruction and for his glory. Right. And also, too, God will sometimes take away, and Thomas Akempis talks about this, that God will take away the spiritual consolation to help strengthen us, to help our perseverance, mm-hmm. to help sharpen us. Right. And Thomas Akempis has this great line, you know, such a trial is often more profitable for us instead of if we were always prosperous in our prayer. Yeah, isn't that interesting? How do you realize that at the time or as you're going through that that it could be more profitable that's a tough thing to have the inner wisdom to figure that out that this is actually going to serve you in the long run Robert. i think it's impossible to recognize it when you're in the moment Mm -hmm. i think it only comes with hindsight where you look back and kind of go wow okay that was preparing me for this and that i I can speak to just from having come through some trials of my own. Right. And when I look back on those trials over the past three years, realize that they were preparing me to put me where I am today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was in the thick of it, I had no clue where they were taking me. Right. Right. And put you, you talk right about the, the wisdom. The life. Yep. It was, it's not necessarily the wisdom, but it's having the humble faith. Mm-hmm. Having the humble faith to know that this is where God is taking us. Right. Right. And that's where your your humility and your perseverance came in. But it, I like the sports analogy you just made a little while ago, because that's exactly after you lose a championship or you get defeated, you come back and you come back stronger. And then you realize that defeat did help you to get to victory in the end. Correct? 100%. 100%. And, but it's, again, only with hindsight that you can recognize this. Yeah. It's only right. at the end that you can recognize end, this. Yeah. Now, the other part of Thomas Akempis' uh, Imitation of Christ. Yep. So, that was in Book 4, Chapter 15, right? And again, just so many little nuggets of wisdom in Mm -hmm. here. And I kind of stumble over as I'm paraphrasing because I look at the the translation that I use uh, is a little bit of an older translation. So, some of the wording is not you know, as current as what we would normally use. So I'm kind of, tr- I'm trying to translate the I know, translation it's, as it's, we go. I, I know. And I, when I, when I was going die and all the words from the 1400s, it's a little bit, a little bit difficult. Yeah. So one of the lines that he uses here, right. Is that, you know, we need to, you need to humble thyself when you feel inwardly little or no devotion and not be too dejected nor grieve inordinately. 
right? We need to have that humility to know that we're not always going to be at the top. Right. right. And he spoke a little bit about that in the last chapter we were talking about is that, you know, sometimes when we have all of that spiritual consolation, it will actually mm-hmm. lead us to pride and say, look at me, look at how great my spiritual life is. Mm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's no longer about God, but it's about me. It's about one of the seven deadly sins, is it not? It right. is yeah. the deadliest of the yeah. deadly sins. And you would know each and every one of them, I'm sure. <laughs> I wrote. But, I mean, again, here in this chapter 15, there's a, just a few nuggets that just mm-hmm. blow my mind away. And we had been discussing about talking about spiritual dryness. And then all of a sudden I read this as part of my daily devotional. I went, wow, wow. Right. That's the thing about reading Thomas A. Kempis, and I've, writ- I've, I've read quite a bit of it, not the whole book, but he, you get these little verses, Robert, and it's just like, wow, that really speaks to me. This was written 600 years ago, and yeah, I, I feel like he's writing to me. And that Before, always blows my mind. It's not only is he writing to me, but he knows what's going on in my life right now. Right now. Right. And it is so That's, pertinent to what I'm living right now. Yeah, what I'm going through right now. That's so, that you hit the nail on the head there for sure. Right. And so we were talking about spiritual dryness. And, you know, I read this line God often gives in one short moment what he has for so long denied. Right? Yeah. Okay. And, I've seen that. Yep. And then just that notion of we can go through all this spiritual mm-hmm. dryness and then there'll just be this one little moment of consolation. Mm-hmm. Right. And he then follows that up a couple lines later. Right. If grace were always presently given and always at hand with a wish, it would be more than man's infirmity could bear. That if we were to receive spiritual consolation, we couldn't handle it. Yes. If we all the time. Right. Yeah. But even in a short blast sometimes, and just a, a quick story, I know. You, you always start to grit your teeth when, okay, I'm going to share this story. Mm-hmm. But having been through all of these trials the last few years and gone through spiritual dryness this past summer when we were out east mm-hmm. and we were out for a lobster dinner for lunch out in Prince Edward Island because that's what you do. You go out for the lobster dinner. Provided it's in season, but go on. I missed the lobster because it wasn't in season. But I, we, I did, we just hit the go tail on. end of the season. Yeah. Okay. So we're there for, no pun intended. which is kind of like the highlight lunch highlight meal of our our whole vacation and we're saying grace and just the gratitude overwhelmed me and i've never had it where in the middle of grace i was just in tears because of the notion of gratitude and this line here just made me think of this that if we were truly given spiritual consolation if we were truly given the knowledge of what God's love wants to give us, it will just overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't live our lives that way. And so out of his love for us, God withholds some of this consolation so that we can better serve him and so that we can yearn for him mm-hmm. as well. Right. Uh, when do you miss your wife the most? When she's not around. When we're, yeah, when we're all together. Absolutely. Yeah, I I like that. It was that the line that you've just now paraphrased it. If grace were always immediately given and ever present in our will, it would scarcely be supportable to weak man. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah. This, the exact same line, just yeah. a different translation. No, and I like that weak man too, because really, in the end, without the graces we're given, and without God's, you know, presence in our lives, we're 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 weak. We're kind of helpless in a way, are we not? Exactly, exactly. And then just to kind of end this section with one last little nugget of wisdom I'm from Thomas A. Kempis. Yeah. Here. Uh, again, from chapter 15, mm-hmm. uh, towards the middle of paragraph three. Right. The Lord bestows his blessing there where he finds the vessels empty. <laughs> I, I had come across that early on. I thought he's going to bring that up and he's going to make a little remark there. And he's looking right at me when he reads that line. Was that you or you're thinking? No. What, that <laughs> no. your beer glass is already empty yeah, and you're waiting for God empty. to fill it So up. I'm waiting for all these blessings, right? As the, But it's... Those Yo, of us so who true. are, those of us who live within God's will and right. are in His blessing, we're not necessarily empty vessels, so we're no. not going to receive those most powerful spiritual graces. I would say it comes mm. back to our friend Keith, who we had on the last episode, and right. when his vessel was completely empty, when he was lying in that bed in the hospital. Yes. And completely empty and weak. And he started praying to Mother Mary. Mm -hmm. And he has And all those rosaries being prayed for him. Right? Yeah. So for those of us that are are trying to live the spiritual life and Mm -hmm. trying to to live God's will, we're not completely full. No. We never will be. No, we won't. But we're not completely empty either. No. And it's those vessels that are completely empty, those vessels that in dire need of God's grace Mm -hmm. that he pours out his libation to the most. But that's great. That's God's grace for those people, for us, for everybody. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. Nice. You got to stop getting so many Keiths on the show because I I can't, when you said Keith on the show, I'm thinking, you know, the Keith, us and the Keith Nestor and then our good friend Keith. I get all of these keys on the show because you have a hard enough time remembering the guest's name when they come on. So if I figure if we get guests with all the same name, you won't have to remember the guest's name. You'll just automatically say Keith. I have trouble remembering your name. <laughs> Never mind the guest. <laughs> Never mind the guest. <laughs> I was sharing with somebody today. I said, you know, in my ba- my bathroom mirror. I have at the bottom of the bathroom mirror, hello, my name is Robert. So that way, when I look in the mirror, I know who's looking back at me, right? <laughs> I'm telling you now, the, the more I run into people after I've known them, and then I've you know been away for a couple of months, the, the less I remember their names. So anyhow, to do some memory exercises, maybe. So Keith, I mean, Dennis, you have, you have a saintly quote for us today? I do. I have a couple saintly quotes. I couldn't decide on one. You want to go first, Robert, or you want well, if, to go if first? you have a couple, why don't you do one and then I'll do mine and then you can do your other one. Okay. No, or I can save it for next time because I know we have what in the saint what in the world is that? No, what, what in, what the, in church? the church is that? Okay. Um, yes, I do have one here. Oh, I had a couple of ways I came across this too. This was from St. Francis de Sales. That's that, that's the, that other Ajax parish. That's right, of course. That's your competition up north. Actually, introduction to the... De- sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that's another great devotional reading, Introduction to the Devout Life. Life, right. So he had four different 
ways to fight off spiritual dryness. I'll just read them quickly. Vocally tell God about your dryness. Read a spiritual book, which you do many of, Robert. Perform a bodily gesture of prayer. Persevere with faith and continue praying regardless of any feeling. There's the perseverance again. 100%. Those are, those are four great ideas for spiritual dryness. Can you repeat right. those four Absolutely. For us again? Yep. Vocally tell God about your dryness. Read a spiritual book. Perform a bodily gesture of prayer. Persevere with faith and continue praying regardless of any feeling. I like that so notion of that. vocally telling God. Not yep. just thinking about telling God. Vocally telling God about your dryness. Yep. Yeah, say it out loud. Mm-hmm. That's why we go to confession and say our sins out loud. Like it's one thing to think about them, but they just manifest themselves differently when you say it. And so your spiritual dryness would manifest itself differently mm-hmm. if you're saying it out loud. Now, right. people might look at you funny if you're doing that on the bus, mm-hmm. but find a, a great prayer place where you can speak out loud and, yeah, speak and out tell loud. God about yeah. your spiritual dryness. Yeah. Never right. done that, but uh, maybe it's time. Yeah, I do have a quote here. Let's go with this one, Robert, from St. Peter Canisius. Jesuit, I'm going to assume. Jesuit? I'm not 100% sure. I don't want to, I'm not 100% sure myself. I believe so. I know and the yeah. college just over the border in Buffalo. Yeah, just over the border in Buffalo. Right. Okay, here we go. It is not that we do this, mind you, but some people do. It is plainly wrong to meet non-Catholics with bitterness or treat them with discourtesy, for this is nothing else than the reverse of Christ's example. It is plainly wrong to meet non-Catholics with bitterness or treat them with discourtesy, for this is nothing else than the reverse of Christ's example. I think there's a lot of fighting and there's a lot of better than us and pointing fingers and stuff. And it's a good little uh, quote from... I love that. And... I'm loving how we just seem to be on the same wavelength here this evening. Mm-hmm. Because as you were reading that, I was thinking to an experience that I had this past weekend at Life Chain. Oh, yes. Of course, 2 to 3 p.m. And we had the Sisters of Life that were up at our parish. Absolutely beautiful witness. And you said, li- and which just interrupt, which you are going to plan, hopefully, to get them on God, the show. Robert. God willing. God willing, yeah. it's uh, rattling around in the back of my brain. Excellent. But as we're doing life chain and we're out there all with our signs that said, choose life, uh, a couple came down the street and I know them and I know them from the parish and they can be a little bit combative. And so the one guy's saying, I don't want, I don't like these signs. I don't want these signs. I want the sign that says abortion is murder. I mm. want the sign that says abortion kills children. And the sisters of, of life said, no, we don't take those signs out when we're at Life Chain. And he was getting all flustered mm-hmm. and flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why not? Because a portion is burned. And I think it was Sister Beata said to him, she said, when we're trying to minister to women who have had an abortion mm-hmm. and who regret their abortion and who are looking for God's healing, she said, a sign like that actually pushes them away. A sign like that, yeah, would, you know, for lack of a, a better word, kind of triggers their emotions. Mm-hmm. And she says something like that does more harm than good. And you and I both have seen a number of people who are combative like that mm-hmm. and who try to spread the faith through combativeness when really they actually do more harm than good. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. They, they unfortunately push meaning well, but they push more people than they bring into the faith. I think sometimes, Robert, we both seen that in action. You're right, yeah, and we're not going to name names here. No, but no. again, we've just I think we've yeah. all seen that. And if you go in to spread the faith, looking for a fight, people are going to fight back, and right. you're never going to argue someone into the faith. And that's why the Sisters of Life do so much for those women, because they help them both, you know, during their pregnancies and after they give birth to these children as well, which is a beautiful thing. You can't just say, you know, you're pro-life and then say, you know, good, have the and baby. And leave but them you high better. and dry. Absolutely, yeah. There's got to be support thereafter. And they do it in a loving and compassionate manner. Mm-hmm. They do. They do it. We've seen them. We've had them at the school, right? They've been to... Uh, with the seminarians to come speak to some classes. Maybe that was before you got there. I can't remember. No, I remember them coming into yeah, the okay, school. Okay, and good. I should have added one more word. They do it in a manner that's loving, compassionate, and joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is joyful. Yeah. They, Filled yeah. with joy, these ladies. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, she spoke to her, wow. her, the whole school body one year. Yeah, very much filled with joy. So can you read that quote one more time oh, yes, for absolutely. our listeners? Because again, I just, I think it is so full of wisdom and that, Everyone, because we're all called to evangelize, but we need to really take these words from St. Peter Canisius to heart. It is plainly wrong to meet non-Catholics with bitterness or treat them with discourtesy, for this is nothing else than the reverse of Christ's example. Amen to that. So, no, mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that. And like I said, we just really seem to be on the same way. Yeah, same as soon as it was coming out of your mouth, it's like... I've just seen this in action. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You have seen that. That would be, yeah, they would certainly live Christ's example, the sisters of life and all the religious sisters and the religious and priests that we run into on a daily basis too, Robert. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of comes back. You always like to say nobody likes a sour saint. No, no, that's certainly not attracting people to the faith. People walking around with miserable faces for the faith. Exactly. And yeah, what's your quote today, sir? So this one spoke to me. I've come back to my book, Le Grand Bonheur de Nicolas Diaz. So the I like to say the translation is The Great Contentment mm-hmm. by Nicolas Diaz, who co-wrote a number of books with Cardinal Serra. And, and this, no, Nicolas Diaz is not the one who wrote that book you gave me. About the, the a, time, a Time to yeah. Die. Yeah. Yes. So Fantastic th- book. That book was so good. That book, A Time to Die, um, Un Temps pour Mourir is a fantastic book about how the monks approach death and Mm -hmm. how they treat death within the monastery. This is more of an overview of monastic life and the different roles within the monastery and how they play out. And he went and lived in the monastery of Fongombo in the Berry region of France. Mm -hmm. And he got to know the monks and he interviewed all the different monks and the different things that they were doing. Sorry, one more time, the name of the book, Robert? Le Grand Bonheur. And my translation of the title is The Great Contentment. I don't think it's available in English yet. Oh, I was just, that was my next question. You're obviously, you read it in French. But you, yeah. Mr. Duolingo, <laughs> you should be able to do, to handle this. I'll get every other, every fifth sentence, maybe. So, okay, let's put your Duolingo to the test here. No, and I'll no, read the quote in on, French. Not on, not live on the air. Well, you can edit it out after the fact. Le moine ne doit pas se laisser absorber par sa charge au point d'oublier qu'il travaille pour rejoindre le ciel. There was work in there, there was a month in there, there was... Go one more time. Le moine 
ne doit pas se laisser absorber par sa charge au point d'oublier qu'il travaille pour rejoindre le ciel. And you're right, it has to do about work. Yeah, okay, what is the translation? So, a monk, and here I would say we, and we can generalize it to, to ourselves. So, we should not let ourselves become so consumed with our work hmm. that we forget that our main job is to get to heaven. Boy, that's really good. Right? That's, that's something some... I, I forget on a daily basis, Robert. Just well, so caught up in life. For hmm. me, it really hit home because parish life is busy. Yeah. Working for the church is extremely, extremely busy. And hmm. we can get so caught up in the paperwork of church <laughs> life, we forget about the real goal, which is to get souls to heaven. Heaven, yeah. You're crossing so many T's and dotting so many I's in that position now, and you, you, you sometimes it would sometimes get lost, wouldn't it? Your true vocation there. Yeah. So at the moment, we've been doing registration for sacraments, mm. and I, like you say, crossing I's and dotting T's, or mm. is it dotting T's and crossing I's? But all of the paperwork that goes with the registration, you know, making baptismal certificate, making sure baptismal certificates mm. have a seal on them, right? Uh, mm. Have they paid the registration fees? Have they right. filled out the form properly? Did they do it online in paper? Mm. And all of these different paperwork things, mm -hmm. we forget that the ultimate goal of parish life is to get souls mm -hmm. to heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One more time. Just read that out. That's really good. Gotta remember that. Le moine ne doit pas wow. se laisser absorber <laughs> par sa charge au point d'oublier qu'il travaille pour rejoindre le ciel. You did that on purpose. Oh, for our English not, listeners, you should translate every podcast, both our voices into French, so we can, you know, be popular in France and Belgium like we are in Rhode Island. And a special shout out to our Rhode Island visitors, our uh, listeners. Go on. There we go. But we should not let ourselves become so consumed with our work that we forget that our main job is to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that could be for life anywhere. That that's you, but that's as a religion teacher, that was you last year. And when you were in the classroom, you know, you, you so busy with your job and forgetting. Yeah. That's, that's but I think that can happen. It doesn't matter what our walk of life no, is. You could work for not. a bank insurance yep. company. You could be working in the trades and you just get so consumed with your day to day life. And with business, that you forget that the ultimate goal is heaven. But that, but, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier on routine in prayer, perseverance in prayer, you know, even getting to Mass on Sundays, service to others. Those things certainly go a long way to, to fulfilling that, Robert. Yeah. And we might not see, or we might not be able to see to that end goal. We might not be able to see past the horizon, mm -hmm. but we have to go on the faith of knowing that it's there. Yeah. So Dennis, we're at the time of the show now where it's, we're ready for what in the church, in the church is, that? is that? And now it's time for what in the church is that? Where Dennis tries to stump Robert. Hmm. So, so what do you have for us today? I hope the problem is I, I've spoken to you about this before, right? 
You can't remember if it was on the show or if it was just we were talking about it. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I know because we you always talk about it. Uh, you know when we're not when we're just shooting the breeze, right? Talking and you're all, we're always bringing up stuff like this. So stop me and I'll move on to the next one. The humoral veil. No, we've done that one. Okay, next one. I know we haven't done this one now. The Tabor. T a b o r. I've been waiting the whole time since we started this. A b o r. Finally, I got one. Yeah, no, I've been waiting get the you, whole though. time. No, yeah, because this is something that is so obscure in the church, right? Because and we I didn't know we had spoken before about the thing, the 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 monstrance. Yes, that we place. Oh, go on. Sorry. All right. No, but I, I like I said because when I first brought you the idea of. Catholic obscurities. This is right. one of the things I actually had in mind is the Tabor, and it's named after Mount Tabor. Right. right. Exactly. Where and so Mount Tabor, the the Mount of the Transfiguration. Transfiguration, yes, when right. Jesus appear, appeared to before the three apostles. Yep. In in all of his glory. Right. Right. Is now used as a sort of mini mountain, if you will, to hold the glorified Lord in the Eucharist. Right. So the, the Tabor is like a small stand upon which the monstrance would sit during adoration. Absolutely. I've Absolutely. only ever seen it used, I don't want to say one time. When I say I've only ever seen it used once, it wasn't one time over hmm. a number of different adoration. I've only ever seen one priest use it. So usually it's just put on the... Usually the monstrance is just put on the altar. On the altar, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's the only time I've seen it. Now, of course, the monstrance, most people have heard, well, a lot of people, but yeah, the actual little table that the monstrance goes on, I've never heard of that. Now, how would you spell that, Robert? Because I came across two spellings of that. In my mind, I would say T-A-B-O-R, mm-hmm. like Mount Tabor. Right, but I've also has, it came up a couple of times, T-H-A-B-O-R as well. Which, if you have a French accent, would also come out as Tabor. Okay, that's right. <laughs> right. If you don't, it's Tabor. Tabor. Um, so, no, it's it's a, a small brass or golden yeah. stand upon which the monstrance sits to elevate it. But it's that's elevating right. the glorified Christ right. in the Eucharist. And, right. And, and obviously, it, it goes on the altar because the altar is elevated. But for people who are kneeling, most people are kneeling at the time and they need to see the monstrance elevated. So there needs to be a special table to put that on. There you go. Very well done. No stump tonight, Robert. No, but that's beautiful. I've, like I said, I've been waiting for you to waiting come out for with that, that one. one. I'm running out of ideas. So if any of our listeners have a stump, well, then no, you would get the thing. So I'll keep going. I have a few more sites. You gave me a couple of good sites there too. So. Okay, here here it is. If a listener has something that they want to send to Dennis, as far as what in the church is that? You can reach me by telex. Yeah. Dennis is on ICQ. No, but send an email, pinesandpews at gmail.com. Write in the subject line, what in the church is that? Mm-hmm. And then like, Hit the carriage return. Hit the return button like 20 times so it can't really be seen in the the little email pane. And just if that's in the subject line, I will bounce it forward to Dennis without looking at it. That's great. Does that sound fair enough? Yeah. Because we're going to have to start going back to like Thomas A. Kempis' time and obscure words of the 
1400s. I had a hard enough time reading the book that I have of him right here. Never mind. Yeah, I know. And you, and, and you talk about the book too, Robert. And we know it's kind of a a hard read, but if people can pick it up in little sections, there's a lot that resonates with people, right? That will resonate with you as a as a Christian and as a Catholic for sure. Oh, for sure. And yeah. I, coming back again to what you were talking about uh, from St. Francis de Sales and to deal with spiritual dryness is to do that spiritual reading. Mm-hmm. And we've mentioned two fantastic books here today, Thomas Akempis, The Imitation of Christ, St. Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life. Mm-hmm. And I would add to that St. Ignatius of Loyola's um, Spiritual Exercises. Mm-hmm. And these books are set up in a way that you can read a chapter. When I say a chapter, it's anywhere from two to five pages, and just read it a little section every day. At a time, yeah. Don't try to tackle the whole book because you won't. And yeah, just a chapter or two. And just the wisdom that are held in these books. And like we were saying, it can just, it just seems so pertinent to your life. Yeah. Um, spiritual reading, of course, the readings of the day as well. Mm-hmm. Right. That add to it with these these kind of readings. Right, like your Laudate that we we both enjoy daily. Exactly. But Dennis, sir, this evening, the time seems to have flown by. I know. And I know it bugs you that I never get to the bottom of my glass, but my hourglass is starting to head towards empty. And I'm not empty either. But as always, uh, Robert, it's a pleasure, both the pint and the conversation. Especially the pint this evening, my method IPA, sour, tart, everything an IPA should be. And how was it tonight? I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's got yeah. that citrus flavor too. How was your Hefeweizen? It was really good. I'm going to get that. I'm going to have to go down to that Muddy York Brewery and get another beer from there. That was fantastic. I'll we'll have to look to see if the local bottle shop carries that. Yes. But it's always a pleasure, Rose Brer, especially tonight, to talk about our faith and Thomas A. Kempis and spiritual dryness. Very true. Very true. Now, Dennis, just before we wrap up here, perhaps there's one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook. Drop us a line there. Or, as we just said, send us an email at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until next time, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care.